Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I am Kate Majuk. You could follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Give the show a follow on Twitter at Lockdown Dynasty. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us those five-star reviews. It helps so much more than you can ever imagine. But don't forget to check out the YouTube channel. We have a new Lockdown Dynasty YouTube channel where we will uh, catalog all of these episodes for you. Mm-hmm. Uh Get get a little crazy with us. Hit that subscribe button on there. Give us those thumbs up. Uh, help us help you win your fantasy leagues. Marcus, we had some Thursday night football last night, and Dearness Johnson blew the pants off of everybody in the house. Dearness Johnson, RB1. No, I just... RB1. I mean, he is RB1 for this week. I mean, just a great performance <laughs> by him. So I, I have to ask, did you start him in any leagues last night? I didn't. I didn't have him in a single league. Mm. Um, I didn't have him in a single league, and I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty bummed about that. Uh, but I will say, like, I, I'm looking forward to the time that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb get back into it, and then the hype on Dearness Johnson cools down because I do think uh, this guy he looked very special uh, on the so, ground last night. I don't think he's. I I, I, I'm not calling a system. Uh, obviously, Kevin Stefanski is always going to be a favorable rushing system, but I mean the the way he moved, uh, he looked so nimble. Uh, is the word that pops into my head for some reason? Um, he moved very smoothly and uh, just showed a lot of uh, patience, intelligence while he was running. Um, just a lot of really good decision making. So uh, I know the moment that we see Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb make a return. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be. I'm. I'm going to be making some offers there for Dearness Johnson. Did you get the pleasure to start him? I did, and I. Uh, I actually had a league where uh, a dynasty league where I picked him up after his big performance against the Cowboys last year, and I just held on to him. Uh, this is a good little strategy tip to to new dynasty players. But if there's a certain offense that just produces a lot of fantasy points at a certain position, like obviously Cleveland's running back. Sometimes it's better to just to grab the third guy on that team than the second guy on, on somebody else's team, right? Like, for example, last night, Melvin Gordon was the starting running back for Denver, 8 for 18, Javante Williams 4 for 20. And those guys are certainly more talented, I think, than Ernest Johnson, but the situation's just not as good, right? It doesn't matter how many touches those guys get. They're just never going to be as efficient as Ernest Johnson. Uh, so it's just a – I mean, I'm not saying to go trade – Darius Johnson for Javante Williams, but it's just a good lesson in <laughs> know the spots on each team that produce fantasy points. We know this like for the Cowboys, the receivers are going to produce points. We know this for Tampa Bay, the receivers are going to produce points. Grab some of the depth pieces there, build the back end of your roster. Um, okay, I want to talk to you about some other stuff in this game. I, I don't want to harp too much on Odell because he's pretty clearly hurt and he, he probably shouldn't have played. Uh... Yeah, that I'm okay Ugly. excusing that one. The Jarvis Landry piece is interesting though. Like this, is pretty clear that Jarvis, the, the offense just functions better with Jarvis in there, right? Like it's the guy that both Case Keenum and Baker rely on on big third downs. 
What's the the fantasy value and the outlook for Jarvis Landry going forward for the rest of the season? I think Jarvis Landry is just going to be one of these. uh, I mean, like even when he's been fully healthy, he's been a perennial buy low. Obviously we have to keep an eye on uh, the, the knee injury that he suffered. Um, Obviously came into this game coming off of IR with a sprained MCL. He looked very healthy. He was running, uh, nice crisp routes. He looked, uh, he looked ready to play. Um, I'm not totally sure what happened because they replayed the injury and it wasn't super clear. Uh, it seems like, like he, he might've just jammed his knee a little bit, I think. Right. Yeah. And he, he looked to be in a lot of pain, but I didn't see any immediate updates. Um, so just something to keep an eye on, but I mean, Jarvis Landry has been one of these guys that's been perennially undervalued in PPR leagues for, a long time, uh, nonetheless, coming off of a uh, an injury and, uh, you know, just a lot of circumstances that aren't ideal. So I think um, Jarvis Landry could be an interesting buy low for some teams uh, in full PPR formats who are looking you know, hurting to contend this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one more thing. Case Keenum. Uh, it was okay last night. I don't think he was spectacular, but he was 21 to 33 for 199 yards and a touchdown. Also added seven yards on the ground. So, I mean, not, not an elite performance. However, Kate, we got some news pregame that Baker Mayfield not only is dealing with a torn labrum in his left shoulder, he's also dealing with a, a, a broken bone in his shoulder to his humerus bone. And I just get the kind of the vibe from Jay Glazer, who reported that news, that it doesn't sound like Odell's going to be back, or excuse me, Baker's going to be back anytime soon because he's got to let that bone heal before the shoulder can heal. Um, what, how, how does that affect the rest of this offense going forward? I don't, I don't even know that it does. Mm. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield hasn't necessarily been a, uh, big stellar performer in terms of fantasy production case Keenum. I think we're going to see a lot of the same out of case Keenum. Um, but case Keenum's a, a very suitable game manager. Um, he's, he's, one of the better backups in the league. I think, I don't think we're going to see a lot of, a lot of adjustments. Uh, I think we saw a lot of spreading the ball around. Um, we, we saw a lot of running and I think that's what we are going to uh, continue to expect. This is a run first offense. And if they can continue to run the ball, even without Nick Chubb, without Kareem hunt, they're going to keep doing it. I would say the one player that it probably hurts the most outside of Odell, because Odell's just a mess right now. It's probably Donovan Peoples-Jones, who got hurt last night pregame. But Donovan Peoples-Jones' game is you know, going down the field and making plays. That's just not really what Case Keenan does. He doesn't throw the ball down the field particularly well. He's more likely to utilize you know, the tight ends and the running backs. So that is the one guy it hurts. But like for Jarvis Landry, it's probably, it. no, yeah, it's probably no effect at all, right? I love it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Any, Anything on the Broncos because they're just so frustrating to watch. This team just needs to completely change everything because, my gosh, they are boring and they're so bad on offense. It's just it's disgusting to watch them. I'm, I'm going to read you their points, Kate, over the last four games. Uh, 7, 19, 24 against the Raiders, like 17 of them came in the fourth quarter, and then 14 against the Browns. This is bad, really bad. It's bad, and um, you know what? I like – yikes – but you knew how bad they were uh, just coming out of the gate because, I mean, I feel like anytime we watch a primetime game, um, we hear, you know, the commentators just speak glowingly. It doesn't really matter who is on the field, but 
I feel like anytime we're in prime time, we hear some really nice things about, you know, both teams, regardless of who they are. Um, and immediately as the game started, uh, they put up the stats. It was like uh, the Broncos are, you know, like 15th and rushing 15th and passing like it, some uh, insert the correct metrics there. Yeah. Um, and immediately we heard them say, yeah, but don't be fooled by that. This is an awful offense. And I was like, dang, like we never, we never hear people come out like that. Like, I feel like usually they'll, you know, they'll, they'll find a way to say that very sweetly. Um, and they sh did not sugarcoat anything. Um, I, I think there's, there's so many issues with this Broncos offense, uh, across the board. I mean, the play calling it, the Bronco or the Browns, uh, they, they were a pretty tough rushing offense coming like they they're a tough defense. Um, you know, they're they're not allowing much to opposing running backs whatsoever. And right. I it absolutely puzzles me that they went into this thinking that um it felt like this was a kind of a run heavy game script for them. Um, when really you could have been attacking Cleveland down the field a bit into the secondary. Okay. Um, and I, I think if they would have opened up the passing game sooner, they might have had more success. Obviously, they kept the game close, um, but just gashed left and right. Um, that, you know what? The Broncos are a team. Just blow it up. Just blow it up and like start over again for the millionth time. Yeah. John Elway, like, seems is he a curse at this point? Um, I, I think he might be. It's it's really <laughs> really not good right now. Uh, poor Broncos fans. You just you're gonna have to start all over. You should have drafted Justin Fields last year. Uh, Is there a chance that we see Drew Locke this year? That's that's probably my biggest takeaway because I feel like we saw Drew Locke kind of like on the sideline, like ready to dive in, ready to take some action. He never ended not. up coming I into the game. I, but I really, I really, really, really hope not. Um, they look unsettled though. They, they look unsettled. Uh, we're going to talk about the rest of week seven, Kate, in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. We are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the website or use the updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. All right, Kate, let's talk about week seven uh, just really quickly. This is a big bye week. We have, what, six bye weeks? How do you uh, navigate brutal. the bye weeks, especially if you're in a league with short benches? Uh, you start players that are starting, and uh, that's pretty much like the biggest strategy here is to get uh, – like there are some dynasty leagues where um, I've I've had some trouble compiling because I, I have a lot of Buffalo Bills. I have a lot of Chargers. I have a lot of Vikings. I have a lot of Steelers. I have a lot of Cowboys. Like literally any team that is on by this week is somebody that I've sort of like uh, built my rosters around uh, maybe outside of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But but like the I, I think the point is that, you know, if your teams are are cornered around these pieces, 
this is really just the the ultimate streaming league week. Even in my dynasty leagues, um, I'm I'm making waiver wire moves just to pick up wide receivers that I think might have a chance to to you know give me at least eight to ten points, if right, not. Right. Like I I've got a lot of Chris Moore. Um, wide receiver of the Houston Texans this week. I, you know, had had 121.9 point performance against the New England Patriots, but he's a guy that I'm picking up uh, against the Cardinals. I'm I'm going to hope that maybe there's a, a correct game script. That's how I'm approaching this week because it is absolutely brutal. brutal uh, I would matchup. say that. I'm not making big roster moves for one bye week. And what I mean by big roster moves is I'm not, trying to trade away a guy just to fill my tight end spot, or I'm not releasing somebody that I really like just to pick up Danny Amendola from free agency. You know what I mean? Like be smart. It's only yes. one week. It's not, if you get, if you get a zero at a wide receiver position, cause you picked up somebody or you didn't have anybody to play, it's not that big of a deal. I'm not going to lose an asset to try to win one week. If that makes sense. Right. Oh, absolutely. And like the, I mean, the teams that are on by, like, like I said, these are all pretty productive offenses, and these yeah. are all players that have been pretty productive for fantasy football. Don't demolish your roster. I, like, you know, when I'm when I'm talking Chris Moore, I'm saying, you know, I'm dropping uh, Anthony Miller, who has been uh, not even like active for the Pittsburgh right. Steelers. Um, like, those are the kind of players I'm willing to drop in a dynasty format just to fill those roster spots, but. I mean, I'm not, I'm not letting this change my approach. Um, you know, I'm not, like you said, making trades to, to fix this week because that, that's how you blow up a really good team. Yes. And there are so yes. many productive fantasy players uh, in this, this week seven buy. If you trade them away, you're going to be on the losing end of the trade. All right, let's get to some guys that we are really interested to see in week seven, Kate. And I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, with some running backs. I mean, Cordero Patterson coming off a of bye week, still the RB3 in points per game this year. Does he keep it up against Miami? What do you think? I think so. Uh, I, I like, I'm just at this point, I'm rolling with Cordero Patterson until proven otherwise. And um, this is a guy that, you know, I'm willing to make some offers for because I, I still think we are all feeling so tentative about Cordero Patterson. I do think you can still get him well beyond the price of, you know, the third running back in terms of points per game. Um, I still think he's, he's cheaper than that in your dynasty league. So like, this is another guy that, um, you know, if you are contending, I think you can probably eke more production than yep. you're going to have to pay up for, but it, you have to roll with Cordero Patterson until proven otherwise. All right, let's uh, move to tight end. So currently in terms of points per game, we've got, uh, Rob Gronkowski at number one, but he's been out. Travis Kelsey at two. Mark Andrews at three. Dalton Schultz at four, who is on a bye. And then Darren Waller. Darren Waller's kind of been quiet over the last couple of weeks, Kate. Uh, 10.9 points last week against Denver. 8.5 points last week against Chicago. Is this the week Darren Waller finally breaks out? You know, I don't know. Um, and this Raiders offense is kind of um, – kind of puzzled me. We've seen Henry Ruggs get a little bit more involved. We've seen Brian Edwards get a little bit more involved. 
I'm a little concerned that they seem to be spreading the ball out a little bit more. Um, you know, we got so excited in week one when Darren Waller saw 19 targets <laughs> and we thought that we were about to be in for like a wild ride this season. Um, but we just haven't seen, uh, you know, more than eight targets for Darren Waller since um, he's just been sitting kind of right, right around that mm -hmm. 50, 50 yard, uh, you know, hopefully you get a touchdown in there, but 50 to 60 yards, that's what you've been getting from Darren Waller. It's not ideal. Fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's, you're not going to ever uh, snoot your nose, snoot your nose yes. at, at that. Like that's an official term now for fantasy football. You're snoot not going to your snoot nose. your nose at, at 50 yards, it, like period. Cause that's, uh, that's a great streaming week, but at the price you pay for Darren Waller, super disappointing. I got another tight end I want to ask you about because this is this is an interesting one. So Dallas Goddard uh, is now the full-time starting tight end for the Eagles. They traded away Zach Ertz. Uh, it was Howie Roseman basically said, this is an audition period for Goddard over the next 11 games, right? Like he's, he's a free agent after this year. Uh, we traded away Ertz so we can see him in a full-time role. If you don't have Zach Ertz, is this the time – or excuse me, if you don't have Dallas Goddard, is this the time to go out and grab him? before he gets a bunch of targets or do you wait and see how he performs in a bigger role? I, you know, this is one of these, these times where I'm just sort of holding Pat. If I have him, I'm going to hold on because we have seen the upside with Dallas Goddard. Um, it, you know, we haven't seen it consistently, unfortunately, but uh, we've seen him be able to handle a, uh, a nice, nice suitable workload. Um, and it, I mean, you know, the way that they alternated between like, if we could just combine Goddard and Ertz's uh, stat line every week, we'd generally be pretty happy. So mm -hmm. I'm holding Pat, but I do think I, I worry that this isn't a great time to go trade for him because this is the opportunity that most fantasy managers have been waiting for is to see what Goddard can do full time without, without Zach Ertz. So I think the asking price might be a little bit, uh, might be a little bit steep, but if he comes out of the gate and, uh, you know, maybe puts up a stinker in week one without Zach Ertz or week two without Zach Ertz, that's when I go ahead and make my offer because, um, you know, people are going to be looking for that instant gratification. As soon as Ertz is out, they're going to want fantasy production. Uh, and if they don't see it, that's, that's when I want to take advantage of the, the buy low. All right. One more guy that I want to mention before we move on. Jalen Waddle. Uh, Waddle's been pretty good for fantasy when Tua has played. So in the in PPR leagues in games where Tua has started, sixteen point one points in week one, eight point eight points in week two, twenty nine points in week uh, six. Okay, what's more impressive is the targets: six, eight, thirteen. Is Jalen Waddle just somebody who is going to be a must start when Tua plays? Is it a little bit of a fluke? What do you think is going on here? I think in full PPR formats, he is, he's a must start period. Um, I, I definitely think it, like he seems to be the, the focal point. Obviously you have to be a little bit, um, a little bit cautious because we have seen, uh, you know, injuries to Devontae Parker, keeping him out of the lineup, but it seems that Waddle is the, the go-to guy to move the chains. And I do think it, from week to week, he's going to be peppered with targets um, you know, maybe if somebody's unsatisfied with those targets because they haven't necessarily all uh, all produced lots of yardage mm -hmm. for as many targets as he's received, 
maybe maybe you try to scoop him up, but I, I think he's a, a weekly flex play at the least, um, as long as Tua's in the starting lineup. How are you going to feel about Waddle once Deshaun Watson is throwing him the ball in like two weeks? Whoo! Um, By the that, way, Miami, what are you becomes, doing? That what becomes doing? a little more complicated. I, but you know what? We've heard this rumor so many times. I, you know, I I will believe it when I see Deshaun Watson in a Dolphins uniform. Because I like okay. we've heard it too many times. Fool me once. Uh, fool me twice. I've been fooled like three or four times at this point. Never again until I see him in the uniform walking out of the tunnel. I, right. I will say that. I, I do agree with you. It just seems like this thing is going to go on forever. Uh I'll just do a little quick price check on Jalen Waddle. Okay. So he is currently wide receiver 28 on dynasty league football. Uh, I'm going to name some guys that are around him ahead of him behind him. You tell me who you'd rather have going forward. Uh, okay. Cortland Sutton or Jalen Waddle. Cortland Sutton. Rashad Bateman or Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, Bateman is wide receiver 25 on dynasty league football. Uh, Waddle 28. Uh, Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. Okay. Tyler Lockett. Ooh. That's an interesting one. That is an interesting one. Um, I think, oh, I, you know, I'm going to go with Waddle there because I think um, knowing the, the product of Jalen Waddle and what we saw um, in his collegiate days, we know his ceiling, I think, is very high. He's got the big playability. Um, I'm going to hope that Jalen Waddle with the the target share is just going to be a little bit more consistent with, uh, you know, just in terms of like Tyler Lockett, we it's a roller coaster. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll take Jalen Waddle there in hopes that he's just a little bit more of a consistent asset. Last one, Hollywood Brown. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, that, that one, I actually, I like, I don't have a suitable answer without. I do. Uh, I do. I got this one. It's Hollywood up? for me. In his last 11 games with Lamar Jackson, Hollywood, Hollywood has scored 10 touchdowns. Like whenever Lamar plays and Hollywood's on the field, you have to have him in his line, in the lineup. Cause he's just, I know he's inconsistent, but he can have weeks where it's six for one twenty-five and two touchdowns. It's just, he's like the modern day Will Fuller. I mean, I guess both of us modern day, so I guess that doesn't really count. But <laughs> it's just I trust the quarterback situation long term because I trust Lamar. I think Hollywood's talented. I'd rather have Hollywood. So and Lamar is like passing his mind out. He's uh, he's, he's only getting better too. That's the thing. He's only it, getting better. It's been impressive. Uh, all right, let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. I actually had to use Rock Auto uh, 
a couple days ago. I hit a deer with my car. Needed uh, some new headlights. Oh, God. So, shout out to Rock Auto for, for being there. So Thank God. Uh, yeah, we're good, though. Uh, all right, let's do some promotion commotion. And, Kate, this is a wild week for, for this because six teams <laughs> out of buy. Your waiver wire is probably looking real, real shaky right now. But who are some guys that you want to promote from the waiver wire or your bench into your starting lineups? This one's pretty gross. Uh, I don't know if you're ready for it, but I'm ready. I'm gonna roll with a offense that is still uh, still looking to bounce back. Obviously, we saw the Kansas City Chiefs come up in the second half of last week, but they struggled to get things going right away. I'm looking at Byron Pringle, uh, mm. uh, who like has not seen a consistent target share, but he has seen at least two targets in each game this week uh, or so far this season. Uh, but they get to face the Tennessee Titans, who have just been absolutely abysmal, abysmal yeah. against yeah. the wide receiver position. Um, they've just been allowing touchdowns. Like, it's not even that they're allowing um, buku yardage. Uh, they yeah. allowed Tyler Lockett uh, 178 yards in a score. Corey Davis 111 yards in a score. But otherwise, like, it's the touchdowns that have been absolutely killing the Tennessee Titans through the air. Um, Byron Pringle has been a guy that, uh, you know, we've, we've seen plenty of times Mahomes will go to, um, in these, in these types of situations. I, I think that you can do worse than Byron Pringle. And at the very least, you're probably looking at five fantasy points. Probably. I, I, you can certainly do worse. And I'm going to give you a name right now that is certainly <laughs> worse. Are you ready? Cause you know, I'm that's more... the bit here. I like to pick the absolute worst names. Yeah. Kate, how about an old friend of ours, Dante Pettis uh, for the New York Giants? How's that? Last week for the Giants, he saw 11 targets and no Kadarius Tony this week. The wide receivers are still banged up. I don't think they're going to be able to run on Carolina. So if you're looking for somebody who's probably going to see seven to eight targets, Dante (laughs) Pettis is an option. I don't want to say he's a good option, but he is an option. I mean, the issue is that they need bodies at this point. So mm-hmm. I, like, I, I think you're you're kind of on track there. Unfortunately, gross as it may be, um, I the <laughs> gross, gross, gross. But uh, I'll I'll give you one more gross name. Uh, guys Perfect. coming off a touchdown. We haven't seen the breakout this season yet. But Alan Lazard, he has been playing uh, most of the team's offensive snaps. Uh, he's, he's been on the field last week. We finally saw him get a touchdown. Um, and now we get to see them, uh, face off against the Washington football team. Who's just, they've been unable to stop anything through the air. Um, I, this is an outing that I think, you know, he could reasonably see, uh, 50 yards. Um, and you know, maybe we'll, we'll see an extra touchdown to boot. Um, last week we saw Demarcus Robinson get 46 Mm -hmm. and a score. Um, they, you know, we saw those two big long bombs from Jameis Winston to Marquez Callaway and Deontay Harris. Um, this seems like a really nice moment for Aaron Rodgers to just catapult the ball down the field and maybe, maybe, just maybe hit Alan Lazard uh, for that connection. That's a really good one. I, I like that one a lot. Uh, I'll go with another tight end to close out the show. Durham, Durham Smythe, the second Ooh. tight end for the Dolphins. If you're in a two tight end league or a tight end premium league. He's not awful. Uh, nine targets over the last two weeks. 
Uh, the ultimate endorsement. He's not awful. He's not awful. Five for 59 uh, last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Falcons allow a ton of points to fantasy t- or to, to opposing tight ends. He's on the field all the time because he's a blocker. Uh, he's he's averaging like 56 offensive snaps a game. He all right. You could do worse. I don't know how much yeah. worse, but you could do worse. How's that? <laughs> I want a guy on the field. Just give me the give me the folks on the field. Yes, there you go. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the show wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We are on YouTube, too, so check us out there. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnDynasty. You can follow Kate at FFBallBlast, and I'm Mark at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you next time. Bye.